Welcome to episode 19 of the KIPPS Personal Trainer Application Podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia. I'm the president of KIPPS and Kettlebell Concepts. For this episode, we have a fitness professional that has truly carved out his own path. We have guest Steve Feinberg, who is the owner and creator of Speedball Fitness, is a well-known speaker on the fitness conference circuit, and is currently streaming high-quality classes through Hitbox. In this episode, Steve shares his advice on joining the speaking circuit and how he is streaming his workouts through Vimeo. Let's jump into the episode. How did you come up with the idea of Speedball Fitness? Well, Tyler, Speedball Fitness was really born in circa 2003 or 2004. I'm not even sure what summer it was. And what had happened was I was contracted by a then top 10 ranked professional heavyweight boxer. And I was down in Florida in Vero Beach at Buddy McGirt's elite boxing gym, which Buddy McGirt was Ring Magazine uh, trainer of the year either once or twice, I don't remember, for his work with many people, including Arturo Gatti, when Arturo Gatti was at the height of his uh, re-emergence as a prize fighter in the trilogy versus Mickey Wide, which was incredible if you're a boxing fan and you have never seen it or would like an introduction into the art of boxing warfare and go find that trilogy. Uh, I was down there doing strength and conditioning as his coach. And in between his big strength and conditioning movements, I would toss him a heavy medicine ball and I would have him catch him at least up with me in very active patterns. And then after that, which would be sort of plyometric, explosive and reactive work with the ball, I would have him move the ball in 360 degrees of free functional space, working the core against gravity as we should be programmed to for injury prevention, the way Greg Cook talks about in the old ACE education manuals. Uh, and we saw an improvement in his performance. We saw an increase in his, uh, cardio, his cardiovascular capacity. Um, you know, his ventilatory threshold went up. Uh, his mm-hmm. cardiac output went up. It was all good news. And uh, so when we saw, I saw that, put that little bee in my bonnet, that having time filled with more active drills directly after uh, big strength movements, instead of just staring at yourself in the mirror, drinking your gallon jug of water and checking out your abdominals, uh, was an immediate increase in performance and raising an awe rate. And I liked the way it flowed. So I was challenged to create these patterns and flows, these functional patterns with, uh, with the medicine ball with my fighter. And when I had come home, my, one of my mentors and the then manager of mine at an Equinox at the time, Marcelo Earhart, who is now the director of fitness for Lakeshore Sport and Fit, one of the most beautiful clubs in Chicago and in all the world, really. It's a gorgeous health club, magnificent facility. He said, uh, you know, we need someone to come up with new class formats. The New Yorker magazine and New York magazine are both doing sort of the best classes and fitness. This is when classes were becoming really popular. We had taken the leg warmers off. It wasn't just aerobics. Uh, and then the choices weren't either aerobics or, you know, yoga, Pilates, mind, body stuff. There was now everything in between. Conditioning became popular in the group, not just for personal trainers. I sort of feel like I was there for the, the real dawn of that, of the creativity in mm-hmm. the Rebecca Studio and standardized formatting. He said, I need you to create something, something that's sweaty, something that's fun, something that's different, something I can point the media towards. And I said, well, I have been doing this, some, some things with, professional athletes. And he said, and I quote, 
I need like a cardio sculpt. And I cringed and I think he saw my facial expression and he said, <laughs> something just happened. And I said, oh no, I just, you know, I was just reacting to what I heard term cardio sculpt as if, you know, we were made of clay and I was going to attack people with a chisel or as if there was an actual, I, when you say sculpt, I assume you mean strength work and there is no way in which to have cardio and strength work simultaneously. There are different energy systems. There are completely different scales of resistance. There are definitions for these things. So it's sort of a blasphemic betrayal of training science just in that term. What I can offer you is sort of a cardio respiratory and muscular endurance challenge, like a fartlek interval, steady state, long, slow distance base with spikes of intensity, which we're now calling VIT variable intensity interval training, uh, which doesn't actually have to have an end. It can go down to LSIS, down to low intensity, and then back up to mid or high, mid or high uh, without actually stopping and having water breaks. That term didn't exist back in, I don't know, 2003, 2004. And he said, great, do that. So I locked myself in a studio with the medicine ball and put a microphone on and put music on. And I talked to myself for almost three hours in the mirror. And what I came up with was one of the most fun, hardest medicine ball classes that you would never take again because it just didn't have enough variety. And it had just these, you know, I was an enthusiastic 20 something year old, great shape martial arts fighter trainer. So I went like I was training high level athletes and all, you know, strong, healthy 20 to 30 year olds. I was, it was not an inclusive, it was a monster for caloric expenditure and it would surely change your body quickly in both its ability and also increased mobility and longevity. But um, it just didn't have enough tools in the toolbox. I leaned on the things that really crushed. I did switch planes of motions intelligently as exercise science dictates that we should. Uh, but it wasn't enough. So went back to the drawing board after some launch events, which went very, very well. People were really excited about it, but certainly didn't want to have to go through that on a weekly basis. And I got some advice from my mentor and from who became my first business partner, Michelle Ho, after that, who was an avid exerciser that I then turned into a star instructor in her own right. Um, and we created 11 base techniques that encompass all the different progressions of biplanar, triplanar, uh, multi-impact functional progressions of our movements that had peaks and valleys and allowed for resets that one could do in a steady state environment with spikes and choices of intensity uh, that became the speedball system of exercise. And as far as where the name came from, it was just, we we're moving around pretty fast with the ball. So speedball just sort of made sense. Um, and that's how we came up with speedball fitness. So putting together the timeline now, so you said, I think 2003, 2005 originally, I think the so idea is uh, dabbled. So in 2003, uh, we dabbled with myself solo with professional athlete fighter mm -hmm. 2004 created first base system and performed at equinox for special functions and for media 2005 officially incorporated with the master uh, module with the 11 base techniques which we call the fundamental flow in the intelligent order that became designed to be replicable and scalable and went global around the world in 2009. Started training instructors 
and created a movement here in New York and the neighboring states in 2006. Nice, nice. So you already answered my question. I was going to ask you what, um, you know, when that initial time came, you're like, okay, I think that I can take this on a global scale and then produce uh, future instructors with it. So it sounds from what I've already seen already on social media and uh, what I know from just previous discussions, you know, this is an idea that you, you know, had, okay, maybe this is something that I can do. You developed it more and you turned it into essentially, you know, your baby. That's something that you're teaching right now. Uh, something that's streaming around the world, correct? So Tyler, when we realized that people were changing their bodies and feeling empowered and elated and excited by speedball and that a non-intimidating tool, a two or a four pound ball would be able to bridge the gap between cardio movement that was just for fun and for caloric expenditure and learning how to control the body in space, increasing, uh, you know, kinesthetic awareness, improving multi-planar and multi-directional function, developing dynamic eccentric work, all those special aspects that help to make athletes better athletes at whatever their court or field-based sports are, we realized that we had to take it further. And we started training instructors to do same. Uh, mm -hmm. We were one of the first methodologies way ahead of the curve to develop an accredited all online instructor training and resource materials with my private little company that raised private little angel investment money and brought in outside capital with a pro forma business plan and a cash flow analysis. Uh, and, you know, we basically lived the entrepreneur's American dream and then we're able to globally and we've been featured at conventions and on five continents and we've, We've trained hundreds of instructors um, over the time who have functioned as speedball teachers and been at conventions with a hundred teachers in the same room, a hundred people who had taken a speedball workshop, not just a class, out of 250 or 300 participants filling up a full court basketball court. It's been a Cinderella story and really a dream oh, yeah. come true. And uh, it, it's just about having the tools and the right people around you and about grit and perseverance. I love it. I love it. So you and I initially met through Kettlebell Concepts. And then finally, um, about, let's see, what was that? Eight months ago, we met for the first time in person in, uh, what was that, Boston. And yep. a question that I feel like every fitness professional at some point has is, what were some of the initial steps in joining the fitness conference speaking tour? Okay, so becoming part of education and fitness and being part of a speaking tour is a step-by-step -step process. And there are times when people skip rungs in the ladder, but generally it goes as such. And I'll walk you through sort of a chronology. The first thing you have to do is be willing to leverage yourself for free. You have to carve out a reputation and start to build some credibility. So little local media attention wouldn't be a bad thing. Sending out a press release, getting yourself noticed and getting yourself known. That's your first step. And then there's like your apprenticeship and your internship. And that happens by you becoming an assistant presenter. I was an assistant presenter for ECA before I was a presenter for ECA. I was an assistant presenter for SCW before I was a presenter for SCW. I was a sponsored presenter for SCW before I became 
a faculty quote on tour presenter where they paid all of my bills and such. So there are steps. The first step is you become someone that people want to look at and listen to in the industry. And that's about harnessing your X factor first and then also honing in on your niche. What are you an expert in? Mm -hmm. What can you picture people wanting to listen to you talk about or watch you move on the subject of for 30, 45, 60, 75, 90 minutes, four hours, eight hours, two days? What are those things? And if you can pick one to start, that would be wise because we know how jack of all trades generally end up. So you pick one that you really dig into, much like you and I had both been representatives for Kettlebell Concepts, the largest kettlebell education company in the world. Fantastic brand to work for. Mm. Uh, and the, our legacy lives on with a company like that as our people still practice kettlebells and share the joy of movement mechanics and Russian science with a fantastic tool. Um, and I helped to, after I was delivering the two-day workshop that was written by the brilliant and all-knowing Vince DiMezzo, Dean of, the, uh, of Personal Training at the Swedish Institute of Advanced Personal Training, I then wrote my own for them. I rewrote the manual and changed the, uh, the reference materials for what we called KBCG Fit, for their group fitness adaptation, because group fitness and personal training are a different animal. So that's a question you might want to ask yourself as well. Am I presenting to personal trainers? Am I presenting a small group? Am I presenting to very large groups and presenting in studio format? Or am I presenting to all three of those demographics? And how am I reaching them with whatever subjects I'm speaking about? And then you have to really flush out your information. You have to make sure there's a quality handout and outline and guidelines. You have to make sure that people go away with takeaways, that even presenters would want to say something that you've said, people who are on camera talent, as I've been repeated for apps and presentations like Daily Burn by some of their head lead instructors and had my movements used and borrowed credit. Um, you know, the, the, the imitation being the highest form of flattery. And once those things start to happen and you've become a person who can provide a workshop, a workshop provider, sort of a featured, uh, a featured trainer or a one-off, you can then put yourself in position to make your information scalable and replicable and learn how to deliver it, hopefully through some mentoring with someone who you consider an upline who has been doing this for many years, as I have with Lawrence Piscantini and with notable others. Uh, you learn to be a person who can deliver that same message, zip code to zip code and demographic to demographic. And that requires a little endurance and stamina because you have to be equally as excited about that information every time you present it. So my second piece of advice when moving from step one to step two is you better be in love with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to really, really <laughs> enjoy it, you know, which is why I always find it is best when it's either partially or completely generated by you, even though you start as the movie Finding Forrester talks about with some of their words, and then you find your own. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my favorite movies for all of the lessons that you can learn from that movie, which apply to becoming an educator and fitness presenter, believe me. Um, and then once you're able to do that and establish yourself on a circuit, you can go on to more circuits through referrals. And that's going to be about how you interacted with the other presenters and what yeah. your attitude was of collaboration and not competition. And were you helpful in the beginning and willing to give your time, you know, when you're establishing yourself, do you have a track record of proven results? I give 
a session I've given twice now that I wrote just, you know, two conferences pre-COVID called the mentor mentality. And I believe I'm going to be reprising that for an Asian conference before the end of the year as well. And it is exactly about how you become a mentor consultant, which in one step, one of the slides talks about going from a good teacher or trainer to a great presenter or educator to carve yourself out and showing that show and prove that you're in the trenches and you did what you're now going to talk about. And then you can teach people to do it as a business and become a person who gives keynotes uh, and gives introductory openings as I got the pleasure of doing virtually recently for ActivateCon, wonderful company to work for, Connie, great boss. Uh, it was really enjoyable to be the person that everybody listened to first after Connie to kick off the spirit of the day and really talk about one of my favorite subjects as a project hope and of recent, which is positive psychology, resilience, and the ability to adapt your business when things change from trauma or tragedy, which is exactly what the world is facing now in our business. So those are some of the, the steps of progression and the hows to get there and sort of the order in which if you're not jumping steps because you happen to like basically quote unquote cut a record deal, um, that's how that happens. Would you agree with that, Tyler? Oh yeah, I would say that um, you know the, the steps to get there are definitely they're achievable and it can anybody, any fitness pro could do it if they wanted to. But I really think, and you hit on this already, was about the content. And that is actually something that I say with this podcast with Kips is so important is the content, making sure it's applic applicable stuff that a fit pro can take and apply immediately, immediately after they listen. And the same thing goes mm -hmm. with lectures and being on the speaking tour. If you're just providing superficial content that everybody knows generic, you're not diving into the X, Y, Z of it. Why are you, why is somebody else going to pick you up on your circuit? So the topics that really teach people how to use social media, how to use a certain exercise tool, how to really go into the nuts and bolts of some of the exercise sciences. Those are the things that people want to hear. If you're going to give a same generic topic that they already have and they have a, someone that has a proven record, why they didn't want to switch to you? They don't know you yet. So the steps that you take, you know, it might be different from somebody else, but there is a, a general roadmap. I like that you mentioned the assistant speaker, the helping out the volunteering role, because I see those at all the, the conferences that I go to. There are the volunteers that are helping out, putting in their time and essentially taking that roadmap and making their way into the conferences. So I think that, um, you know, with that being said, and something that you and I also talked about prior to recording this podcast was about what stuff that you're doing right now. Um, something that sparked me to, um, you know, we're already friends, we're connected, we, um, you know, we text each other, all that kind of good stuff. And I've been seeing recently the stuff that you're doing for your business, Speedball Fitness, and what you're streaming right now. And you know, th those are things that a lot of instructors, they're searching for that information right now because some of them, they don't have that tech side or they wanna see what other people that have a proven record, what they're doing. Can you kind of share kind of the, some of the steps you've taken over the, the recent months to take your instruction online? Sure, well, and I will tell you that a lot of what happens 
of the, of the state of the industry in reference to the health of humanity and the country because some things would require a studio and a space and personnel and a lot of hours to be able to do uh, in, in, a, in a real way to really commit to. Um, and, and a lot of time, and I know where a lot of us are scrambling to do operational things. I have obviously been training clients virtually, but I've been training clients virtually to, for between 15 and 20 years as I have been mentoring and consulting for other instructors who want to elevate themselves for 15 years since the first Skype existed and since almost since since dial up <laughs> nearly, <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's it's way back when and this is not strange or new to me, but you really with Speedball Fitness is sort of it's a turnkey plug and play. We raised capital and brought in outside funding and equity and we created a best in class online you know, CE accredited by ACE and AFA and NASM at the time, um, online training system for instructors to be able to replicate this and then use it in their studios so that uh, group fitness managers and studio owners would not have to fly me over and put me up in a hotel. Now, many of them chose to anyway, and they wanted the time with me because they met me at a convention. And again, this is the power of the experience and above and about making the information exciting and interesting and, and refreshing and still replicable and scalable is you get invited to go places. Uh, and we're in a very personal industry. We call it personal training. Group mm -hmm. fitness is about excitement. So there were more live workshops than simple straight digital, but now people are realizing that straight digital is a-okay. It may be what it has to be. And I did my best to really translate my excitement through the screen with my speedball fitness, plug and play, turnkey education with the legal music and the online support and all that stuff. And so we've seen a, a spike in sales and that um, nearly depleted our inventory, as a matter of fact, in, in, in balls because we're, we're an easy to use product at home. That's another thing I would want to highlight with trainers right now with people who are trying to have a bigger virtual business. You, you really need to focus on, uh, on low cost, high efficacy sessions that don't require a lot of equipment. You don't know mm -hmm. what people's surroundings are. Not everybody has a garage or a family room downstairs in a basement gym. Um, you know, so those who don't, you need to be willing to adapt and to evolve into yep. if they just have a band or they just have a ball or uh, they just have a nothing or they have to wear a loop pants or they just have one set of dumbbells. So what are you going to do? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's something to think about. How many different ways can you slice and theme your, uh, your, your offerings? Um, yeah. And so Hitbox is completely baked out and flushed out. Power Music made it one of their methodologies. An instructor could go buy my kit right now for 50 bucks and they get a full choreography booklet and they could learn it on Saturday and go teach it on Monday. And they could teach it to their streaming clients or in the parking lot or on the roof deck with their friends with from balcony to courtyard. And that's fine with us. We're not asking for royalties or anything like that. So those are my passive and residual income prospects of building out a reputation that partnered me with other companies. Now, I don't know how available that is for a lot of people right now, but people who have really high social media followings or people who have done a good job of Instagramming and Facebook living, but that's free. And if you're asking for donations, know that you get donations and that there's an imprint of that and it's 
you know, that's not exactly a bypass of legality for not paying taxes on money that you're taking that is related to a service. I would check with my accountant if I were you before doing that for an extended period of time. But <laughs> how can you monetize that is your question, right? And yep. perhaps you can get sponsorships. Perhaps you can get little advertisements at the beginning, or you can say things or wear a t-shirt from your local restaurant that is now seating people with outside tables and wants their place to be the one that you send people to, like my friend Jeff Howard does in his area of Kentucky. Um, you know, he 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 is taking sponsorship offers and making several hundred, several thousand dollars. He spent 20 years educating people and people know who he is. And he is now able to cash in on that because people tune in when they're able to get him quote unquote for free. Uh, ethically, he can't ask for money for that. Uh, he has his services for professionals where he asks for money, but when he's B2C, he hasn't been like I wasn't and many people were, we're being kind during the shock of the pandemic. We are the medicine and the soul of the country, keeping people from being distraught, distressed and depressed at home. So in order to do that, we then say, well, local business who, you know, who wants to be supported. How about I wear your hat or your t-shirt, or I say something nice about your service and you give me a little money for my trouble. That's a fair quid pro quo. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so that's a thought process. Also, making sure that you are able to be found with not just keywords and hashtags, but you have to be religious about building your tribe and your community and acquainting them with the online experience. And you have to decide, do you want to interact and be a coach? Do you want all those people's pictures in your replication on Zoom recorded for the workout where people are looking around them and being gallery view? Do you just want a few people on the screen? Um, do you want it to actually function like an exercise video that people are going to want to take without a bunch of other people's low resolution shadows popping up in your, in your visual? That's a, de a decision you have to make. And the difference between what I say would be best for group exercise versus personal training versus small group, whether you use a Vimeo or a Zoom or Teams or another, uh, another um, Intelli TV, another credible service that is mm -hmm. marketing itself towards fitness. These are things you have to think about and think about yep. where you're getting your legal music from, your royalty-free yep. music or your licensed virtual music. If you ever want to sell it more than once, you can perform for free with any music that you want and say, you don't own the right to it and you can shake your ass to Shakira, but you can then <laughs> never sell that and you can never play it again. If you play it again, it's not a live performance. It's now replicated. And it doesn't matter if you then replicate it for free to be clear, you are breaking a rule for ASCAP BMI or one of the other two of the four music police. And you got to learn the ins and outs of that. So invest your time in education. Now's the time to collect more certifications or go to workshops or listen to speakers that you want to be more like or you want their information. Now's the time to beg people to take you under their wing and become Padawans and researchers and to become uh, assistants and apprentices and interns. Like now's the time to take those steps when everybody has more time on their hands. And when we come out at some point in time with guns at least half blazing, you'll know whose army you're in. Contribute mm -hmm. to the industry as a whole, and the and the industry will remember you when this resolves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff right there. And you know, to hit on a couple of them. You know, first of all, and uh, I'll share with the audience right now as we're recording this podcast. It's June twenty third, and right now, the company that you and I both um, are a part of, Kettlebell Concepts, 
we are going through those initial steps of, okay, do we want to do a hybrid um, workshop in terms of, not, I'm not saying live, but hybrid in terms of pre-recorded and then some form of uh, online webinar and uh, just to share. And this just shows the adapt, being adaptable during these times. You mentioned that already. And the reason why we're now just going through those steps is we waited. Uh, you know, when this first started, we didn't know if we wanted to do it right away. There were a couple companies, large companies, that were offering certifications for free, and we didn't know. We didn't know if how long this would last, and we still don't know. But we're now taking those initial steps. We're being more adaptable and looking at the lectures and seeing what we can turn into pre-recorded lectures, what equipment um, the instructor will have available, and all those steps just because you don't know. And so take that time to invest. Just how you're saying, take that time to invest in your organization, in your company, and see what you could turn out for it. And the second piece that you hit on is so important, and I've mentioned this in other podcasts, webinars, um, it has to do with the professional setting that you're in. Um, webinars that I've done, whether I'm a part of a panel or I'm doing a webinar for an organization, I'm doing it for my office where I've taken the time to design a professional background. I'm not just, it's not a blank screen, it's a very nice put together background that my wife did for for me as floating shelves. I'm recording from a, a 4K camera. Um, all these steps, they are thought, it's a thought process that I went to. How can I upgrade this to make it a professional service and make sure that who's ever tuning in is going to see them like, wow, that's an idea I want to, I want to subscribe to, or that's something that I want to pay money for. And uh, I'm going to share something right now that kind of really hit me. I'll say about uh, three, three and a half months ago, right around when everything was starting was somebody that many would probably consider a, a thought leader or a name within the industry. I'm not going to name the person exactly, but uh, it was around the time when nobody knew and it, well, people still don't know uh, how long everything was going to last. And this person was basically saying that, you know, why, why would you quickly put something out online? Why don't you take the time and, you know, work on your craft? And essentially I thought it was kind of a, uh, a jab for people quickly putting out online content, but they, these are people that are adapting to the times. These are people that are trying to pay rent through, through these times. And so for somebody that is uh, a thought leader or somebody that is a name within the industry to say something like that, and they've changed their tune since then. Um, but uh, you know, the people that did quickly adapt, you know, those are the people that are learning more through this experience that adapted went online and something that you you'd mentioned just a bit ago and that you and I talked about before, which I thought was such a interesting thing is that you're actually doing this through Vimeo. What was that thought process for you that why did you want to stream your workout classes through Vimeo? Oh, it was easy. I mean, I, Vimeo I, I found was attached to uh, an adaptable on demand or even better. I found an, an OTT TV service, Vimeo uh, OTT. Um, I seamlessly created and I bought a bunch of upload hours for it was worth it to me because I'm now an app um, and, and it's a seamless, attractive app and it easily, very easily sizes for smart TVs, for iPads, for computers, for phones, whatever. Um, I wanted something that had built in ability to charge for video, charge for subscription payments or have an annual bulk payment if anybody wanted to take advantage of a price discount. I wanted something that immediately was able to create discounts and codes 
of a, a variety, uh, be able to give away free weeks, free months, have a consistent three-day trial. Um, and I wanted to have two separate places, one for where my live classes took place and then one for where they found the growing library after that, where they had to filter to sign up at one and prove that they did the trial in order to get the codes for the live. See, some people to have are part of the channel, but they don't always tune in for the live classes. I have people in four time zones that do my workouts and on three continents. So I needed something that was not just live based and I needed it to live longer than 24 hours, not sitting on my story in Facebook and Instagram. I needed a way to download it in, in high quality. Um, and I needed it to be able to handle if hundreds of people wanted to join me at once and have a pretty stable connection, which I believe Facebook Live and Instagram have proved to all of us that it can't. There's just too many damn people on it. It's too much to ask at any company, really, unless you buy an enterprise membership at one of these companies and you have tech support at your disposal, literally a team monitoring your stream. It's unfair to ask that of anybody. Plus, the world couldn't have possibly anticipated the overall drain on recreational and residence-based Wi-Fi systems and cell service all at the same time, all day, everyone conducting all of their meetings on fancy video chats. What did we all think was going to happen? We haven't even been able to release 5G yet. And so, <laughs> so it was going to be a calamity no matter what. And this seemed like it was going to be an upfront investment of the, the best circumstances possible, not that you couldn't do that with a premium membership and shut everybody off and get them out of your image on Zoom, or you wouldn't be able to do something similar with Teams and all of other streaming. But the end game in my decision, Tyler, is Vimeo is a New York City born and based company, and I support companies that are local, especially in a pandemic. I'm gonna find ways to support every single local company. I am not ordering goods from China or Hong Kong right now. I am finding as many tri-state area based. All my food comes from from a, a hundred mile radius. Um, you know, I, 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 we've really worked hard at making that commitment. And in some cases, it means not having exactly what you want exactly when you want it and planning your shopping delivery several days in advance and blah, blah, blah. But my belief system is thus. So Vimeo is a New York City-based company. It was my first choice to begin with, and the functionalities really do speak for themselves. Yeah, and I mean, you get that through research, just how you said previously, and I mean, going along with two, what you believe in terms of business-wise, that's awesome stuff, and really, it's part of helping out other businesses, and you know, that information you just shared is something that any fit pro is going to be able to take and really consider. I hope they do because there are several platforms. Okay, then how are you gonna take that? And all the XYZ steps that you just listed, those are things that many fit pros are gonna, they're gonna ask themselves and they're gonna have to experience and make those decisions for yourself. So it's very interesting how you came to that conclusion, especially since I use um, Vimeo with Kips our, uh, for our, our learning management system. That's where we store all the files, all the videos, all that kind of good stuff. Um, to be sold. So Vimeo is a very powerful tool, very powerful uh, platform that you can utilize for multiple things and how you're using it is different how, how I'm using it, but you just showed how a business, a Group X instructor could easily utilize this source if they want to make it a part of their professional selling uh, services. So it's really awesome right. to hear that 
Um, and the follow the follow up to that would be, I would say, as a reminder, and this is part of my keynote and part of uh, one of my my presentations for Project Hope and for learning to progress even in face of pandemic and overcome circumstances, adapt to the virtual world is sort of what I believe the presenter of notes and uh, world thought leader that you were referencing probably meant and didn't really phrase in a way that took into account the need for survival. And that was, yes. it's your baby, you know, don't, and here's my line, band-aids don't regrow bone. So yes, we have to slap a patch up sometimes, sure. But we both know duct tape's only gonna hold a hole in a wall for so long. Um, you know, get your get your mortar and your cement out and start bricklaying because make something that's going to be worth making that you can see evolving as a business as I am now writing professional copy and see my channel yep. as more than more than a recreational exercise tool, but I'm writing professional copy for it because its intention was always to be B2B and to give instructors and trainers ways to use my knowledge after 20 something years of, of presenting and performing um, to immediately upgrade their services and learn my choreography on Friday and teach it on Saturday and make the experience that much easier through the camera as I talk about how to teach it, not just what I did. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. So as we get to the podcast takeaways here, as we're winding down the episode, um, it's going to be a very generic question, but I feel like with everything you've shared already, there's so many great tips already out there, but uh, what would be your three tips for group fitness instructors right now that if they're looking at online or even if they're... I will say if they're even in that position where they're looking at, should I go online or should I just stay with the live setting? What are the three tips you're going to give somebody right now? The three tips I would give somebody in my industry, regardless of what part of my industry they're in. Is Correct. One, is one, do what moves your soul. And that is the most important one. I could stop there and drop the mic. And then we could talk about <laughs> tactics and strategies for a year. And you could hire me for mentoring for six months. And we could talk about the refinement and scalability of that, of that proposition and what that is. And then how you turn that into a business. Sure. But number one, priority number one, everything that moves your soul and do that. Because again, if you're presenting, you have to be just as excited every time you say those same things. You have to laugh every time you cut that same joke, knowing that it will be funny. It was funny to you, and <laughs> it still is funny. So it's going to be funny to other people, and you get to enjoy them experiencing your funny again. Not because you're saying it again. I mean, what what are you going to you going to heckle Celine Dion for giving the same performance for 50 weeks for several years in Vegas? Does it make it any less shiny? Of course not. Absolutely not. Or David Copperfield or Michael Buble or any other incredible star who gets a residency or Billy Joel. No, this is how it works. This is what you do. You take your massive gift and you share it as much as you can. And it has to be what moves your soul. And you have to look at it as a gift, as a present that other people get to unwrap. And that's important. Now, number two, find as many ways to replicate those things that move your soul and package in a way that affords you as many streams of income as possible. Immediate, long-term passive, and short-term aggressive. 
And there are different categories of income streams as far as I'm concerned. It's another thing I talk about when I work with people who want to become more than just fitness performers, but business owners and brand innovators. This is a complex process. How are you going to prove out if you're going to ask for support and money down the road? How are you going to become the mini Peloton, which we were before there was a Peloton speedball with the mini Peloton model? Um, you know, how, how do those things work? Um, and, and how are you going to take what moves your soul and how are you going to cash in on it as many different ways as possible without losing your soul in the process? So that's number two. And number three is, and I know how corny this is going to come across, but it's still true. So I really don't care. I'm going to say it emphatically anyway. Those who you choose to play with are the ones that will change your existence. So make sure that you're playing in the right sandbox with the right group of kids. That's all it is. If you don't, if you don't have your tribe, find them, develop them, look high and low for them, connect with people with want and abandon. Conscious consumerism is up. Picking brands, like I said, based on helping out in the pandemic, like picking Vimeo for me, uh, was up. Uh, paying a little more for 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 meat uh, for local butchery is up. Uh, connecting with people who you've always wanted to hang out with but can't and talking to them through Zoom, doing projects with people who you might have been afraid to approach before. It's up. It's all up. So since the world is literally and virtually at your fingertips, find the people that you believe you can reach down and lift up or you can reach up to get pulled up for knowing that someday you will let them stand on your shoulders if needed. It's got to go in both directions. You've got to either pull someone up next to you so you guys can lean on each other and get a lean on, or you've got to let someone lift you up and, 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 and beg for help after years of the craft who have a, a beat on what's going on, knowing that you need to be willing when the time comes with the drop of a hat to allow them to stand on your back or your shoulders or your hands as you push them up into a handstand performance in order for them to get to the next place or else you failed to do your job in completing the cycle of giving. And that is the biggest crime. I dig them. I dig all three. And I could easily comment on all three and how great they are, but I'm just going to touch on one because it's one that some entry-level trainers might not understand or um, might have, I don't say hardship with it is the multiple streams. You look at many mm. top professionals and they have multiple streams of revenue. Yeah. Are there some individuals that get lucky and all they do is train? Yeah, of course there are. There's tons of them, tons of great trainers out there that all they do is train, 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 train. But there's also many others that have different streams. They're consulting, they're doing their training. They're doing their education, different streams that help them grow, help them stay in the industry. As, as you and I both know, not many people stay. They, they come in and they get, they get spit out and they're in different industries now. So finding those multiple streams is just as important as uh, finding a way in, in your, your uh, fitness career. So Steve, great having you. Before we sign off here, can you share any events you have coming up online and also ways that people can find you? Yes. First, I just want to I want to name some mentors, some people who have helped me to be who who I am, who can stand Definitely. on my shoulders anytime, Tyler. Because I think 
again, completing the cycle of giving is really important. And it's the, the people that I'm going to talk about here and I'm going to name are people who have actually actively helped to lift me up, who have taken time out of their lives to sit with me, stand with me, call me, talk to me, um, nurture me, develop me. And so those people are Lawrence Biscontini, who is the person who is my main mentor and consultant for life. Uh, I, 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 I will perpetually owe that man uh, and he knows it and I am forever in his service. I have, I have served and will be of service as John Wick says. Um, you, Sergeant Ken, Ken, Ken Weikert, who is my partner in Project Hope. I'm a co-host and we, our next episode is June 30th and you'll see that Project Hope help everyone endure and hashtag Project Hope Academy. You can find that on Instagram and Facebook. That is my big project and preparing a full two-day convention, online virtual series of workshops focusing on fitness education, business education, and positive psychology. Unique, one-of-a-kind offerings of which number episode number 10 coming up, we have done all completely volunteer, all free, and give you CEs for Ace and Campus Pro just for listening. Um, and Lee Wheeler, Lisa Wheeler has been my, uh, like a ride or die mentor and influencer for me um, th through the Equinox years and really took the time out to develop me and help me with my on-camera talent. Same as Carol, uh, Carol Espel. Uh, who was the senior director of fitness for Equinox for many years during my tenure and is a person who helped me get exposure and, and sort of made me a mini celebrity on in magazines and TV, really let me run with the ball. And I hope I continue to prove her right. Um, so those, those are really like, and, and Marcelo Earhart, the person who hired me at Equinox, the one who made me develop speedball in the first place and the one that's always granted me any opportunity he can. Those are the main people in the industry that have really, uh, that really took over the years. And then now secondarily, Sarah Cooperman, who's taken me under the wing and really spent time helping me develop my approach as a speaker for SCW and has granted me the opportunity to spread wings and to grow. I appreciate her more than knows, but I have told her how much I appreciate her. And then Peter Twist as well, who took some time to really explain some things about how to approach public speaking uh, in my message in particular. So I just wanted to get those names out. And That's now tough. remind me, the follow-up is how can you find me? Well, you can find me at Speedball Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Eventually, I or someone will get back to you. I'm Speedball Steve on Instagram. That makes it easy. Uh, we're Hitbox World on Instagram and Facebook. There are two main brands, or Speedball and Hitbox. You can find me at scwfit.com. You can find me at Project Hope Academy, which is my major project coming up. And also at Human Kinetics, which is a publishing company that contracted me for my first book deal, which uh, I am have begun writing. And that is about the fitness business of boxing and how to use it recreationally at home and how to be a coach or a beginner trainer who's going to use it with their clients. And that's due out the end of 2021. And it's really going to be a 250 page textbook. It's not going to be a pamphlet. It is a full-fledged deep dive into being the be-all, end-all resource of boxing education, B2B and B2C, complete with videos, photo gallery, ebook, the entire gambit. And it will probably be just be volume one. There will be more in the future. It is a space in the industry that is lacking in communication skill, uh, and it's lacking in the requisite breakdown of materials for what's deemed 
the hardest sport to perform. It was number one on a list I saw based on uh, kinematic research the other day, and I can't remember which authority printed it as number one, uh, but it's number one, and yet we think we can just interject it into everything. It's even more physically complex without the load and the danger than uh, manipulating kettlebells, which is my second favorite thing to do. I'm pretty much all boxing bells and balls. That's my gig. <laughs> Dig it, dig it. Really good stuff today. Really gold gems that you shared. I especially like the information you shared about Vimeo and why you chose it. I think those are really important things for instructors to look at and really do the research on. So I appreciate you sharing that. Really good stuff on the podcast. Steve, thanks for coming on. Uh, everybody, have a good one. Come back anytime, Tyler. Just invite me. <laughs>